This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chefs. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming at you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie. I'm here with my good friend, Rahul. And again, I think back-to-back wins for Chelsea, but back-to-back good vibes episodes, Rahul? A hundred percent. This is what happens. We're so easily influenced, which is which is both good and bad, but easily influenced by the mood of Chelsea and the mood of ours is greatly impacted by our results, unfortunately, but... Fortunately, three wins in a row. Of course, one in Carabao Cup, but two in the league. How are you feeling, Rahul? We're back. We're back, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> From three, four episodes ago to this is going to be a long season. We could get relegated to we're back. But hey, there is some truth to that. What was the scoreline, my friend? It was 4-1 to Chelsea. And boy, I can't even tell you the last time we scored four goals. We came back in a game after being one down. We one away from home uh, after being down. There's just so many things that you can kind of say we've not done in a long time. But scoring four times is the biggest thing. It's absolutely incredible because I think a few weeks ago I predicted a scoreline of 2-1. I can't remember for which game. And you said, you think we're going to score two goals and we're, I said 2 nil. I said, you think we're going to score two goals and keep a clean sheet? <laughs> Obviously, we don't keep a clean sheet here, but four goals in one game. And I don't want to say we're back because I know that's the excitement and we're <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. ahead of ourselves. But it is it is great to actually see several goals go in the net, free-flowing football. And yes, it is Burnley, so I'll put a little asterisk there. It's full respect to them, but it's a team on paper hole we should be beating. And so I think we'll use this as a stepping stone and say Pochettino is working towards that XG now becoming G, which is something I said a lot last year with obviously uh, our managers and the changes that were going on there. But if you want to start, Rahul, and take us through the lineups and we can talk about that first. Yeah, and I mean, you say it's just Burnley, but they were champions uh, last season of the second division, of course, but that takes takes a lot and they've come up and deservedly so. Uh, so, Coming up against them, there was never a foregone conclusion that we were going to win. So uh, we do have to celebrate that a bit. But yes, <laughs> the the lineup was Rob Sanchez in goal, Kukurea right back, Disasi, Thiago Silva center backs, Levi Colwell, Ashley Colwell, as we're starting to call him now, left back, <laughs> Gallagher, Caicedo, Enzo in midfield, Cole Palmer keeps his spot, Broya keeps his spot, and Sterling comes in from the last game where Mudrik may have been not 100%. Yep, so he's persisting with a 4-3-3 of sorts, and we talked a lot about this tactically in the last episode, Rahul, especially with Gallagher playing a little more far forward compared to Enzo, which I think has worked. But I want to start off this segment with Mark Kukurea. You said, we are back. Is Mark Kukurea back in the form of a right back in this case? He's he's doing a job. Um, he does have maybe his lapses or mm-hmm. issues where... He's getting bypassed or beaten a little too easily. But look, we've won three games with him at right back. So I can be extremely critical of him. Uh, so he's done a job. He's filled in and he's taken the the opportunities that have come his way. But it sounds like Reese James, Malagusto mm. will be coming back into the squad uh, next game or the next couple of games. So uh, he's been good. Kukurea has been good. But 
ultimately his role is down to being on the left side and in the absence of of that he's coming and did a, done a good job and i gotta give credit to him yeah and you know rahul i was talking to some people at the houston blue supporters club this weekend and Marco Correa is one that has not divided opinions. I think when he came in, we were all excited because he was Brighton's player of the year, lots of potential. It hasn't gone his way, obviously, and he's been borderline pretty poor for every single game until recent times at right back, obviously. But I think the consensus is we paid a lot of money for Marco Correa. And if this is indeed the turning point and Correa can come in and be a steady replacement, whether that's at left back, right back, or we've even seen him play at center back, if he can do a job and he doesn't complain, at least in the media, we haven't heard him complain not getting minutes, right? Then it becomes one of those utility type players that, yes, we overpaid for, but in times of need when we are struggling with injuries, we do have a guy that can fit in in multiple positions. And I think that could be his saving grace or at least something that can build him back up into the eyes of Chelsea fans that have not necessarily been so fond of Kukurea in the last year or so. So I, for one, am pleased. I think he's doing a job, like you said, and I'll, I'll go a step further and saying he's doing a decent job in the last few games here. And so hopefully he can become one we can call upon, and when he comes in, he can do something that's noteworthy at the very least. So we move on to the midfield, Rahul. Caicedo and Enzo sitting a little deeper. Gallagher, again, being aggressive up top in the front. We didn't talk so much about Caicedo in this couple of last games here. We judged him a little bit harshly in his debut. He was very, very poor. And I think we chalked it down to maybe nerves or maybe fitness or not gelling with his team. As I'm being cautious in this episode, and I keep saying, we don't want to say we're back. And we keep (laughs) kind of putting little hints that we are. What have you made of Caicedo? Do you see the steady progression of a player that's now settling in and looking like what, what we want and what we pursued all summer long? Yeah, it's, it's slow and steady. Um, and it, maybe that bothers a few fans, that bothers uh, people that expected that he would come in and just be that player that Brighton had four or five months ago towards the end of last season. Uh, but that's not the case. I don't think he had much of a preseason. He's come into a Chelsea squad that was waiting for him, uh, and he's has the pressure of that. He has the pressure of the, the fee. He has the pressure that the fact that he choose, chose Chelsea over Liverpool uh, and some of the comments from his agent, even after the weekend, uh, saying, yes, we realized Liverpool was more the, the more uh, stable option, but we ended up coming to Chelsea. Um, it's It's been slow improvements, but it has been improvements, and that's good to see. And, and he's developing a relationship with the back four, with the two guys that are next to him, or at least Enzo next to him and Gallagher a little bit ahead. Um, and it's going to get better. I don't think it's going to be what we saw at Brighton right away. But as we kind of pick up these wins, that helps the confidence, not just for the attackers and uh, and the defenders, but also for someone like Caicedo that is in the midfield and is the engine of this team. So, um, yeah, it's not been what we expected, but we can, we'll, we've seen slight improvements, and, and that gives me hope because we weren't seeing that with another former Brighton player that had come in last season, and, and it kind of just snowballed into... Uh, something that we've already touched on. So, um, yeah, I, I think Caicedo is doing okay. It should be better, but it will get better. Yeah, and I think we'll take it, right? It's at a point in the season where we'll take the improvement and we'll say we can build upon that. But one thing I want to say about Caicedo, Rahul, is he can go in the last couple of games unnoticed, right? And I think I take a, a minute here and I kind of watch the game high level and I say, 
what do I want from my defensive midfielder? I want him to go unnoticed, which means he's not getting into trouble. He's not giving away silly fouls. Yes, he got a yellow card in this game, which is why I said he's not the finished product yet. But unnoticed means he's doing the business. He's mopping up. He's sweeping up. He's not running out of position to go score a 90-yard free kick and, and impress everybody. He's doing the dirty work that we expect from a defensive midfielder. And I think we had a lot of this done in the Makalele days, and Michael Essien did a little bit, of, uh, and of course, Mikel Obi, and in recent times, Kante, but Kante transitioned out of that position and became this mercurial player that you would definitely notice. I'm looking for the guy that I don't notice. I'm looking for the guy that just does that that business in the back, and I hope he can be this guy and steady the ship, and we can have a defensive midfielder we can rely on for weeks and months to come, especially since I've been impressed, Rahul, with uh, Leslie Wichuko because he's been doing that role a little bit and, and doing okay. So good to have a couple of these guys that can come in and do the business for us. So I, I'm not going to complain. That's a, yeah, I think that's a fair point because when he first came in, the West Ham game gives away a penalty, kind of gets bypassed, and all of a sudden we're like, what is this? What is happening? And the next couple of games we lose and we're like, yeah. Why are we conceding silly goals? Why isn't our DM there? Um, and so you're right. When we're not talking about him and we're not you know, picking up on some of the errors or the mistakes, which have happened in the last few yeah. games, um, it's good because you kind of just kind of brush that aside. And, and wins will do that. You brush aside yeah. a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I think I'd say that we'll, we'll, we'll improve. It's just a matter of time. Absolutely. I'm going to skip over Gallagher and Fernandez. I think they did decent jobs throughout the game. Uh, we've already considered that they need to maybe chip in with a couple more goals and assist here and there. Gallagher does that, and we'll cover that a little bit later on. Coming into the front three, Rahul, I'll start with Armando Broya. A lot has been put on his shoulders. Obviously, Nico Jackson doesn't start this game. He does score in the previous game, but I think you and I chalked it down to a little bit of luck. Very, very quiet in that first half. I think it's just time for him to kind of build match fitness is that what we're expecting from Broha at this point yeah I mean he did start uh because he deserved it he earned it mm-hmm. after that Fulham game so it might have been a little harsh to to drop him uh but yes it was more just to build his fitness up and he was quiet we didn't see what we expected uh but that's expected right when you're coming back from an injury you're coming back into a new team and uh, you've just played your first 60, 65 minutes Monday night. You're playing again Saturday and it's high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is expected, but I did think he could have done a little bit better, but not trying to be too critical of him. No, I think that's fair because I think we've given the others time to settle in and get to know their teammates. And I think in-game, Broha needs that as well to to get to know his teammates, know when to make a run, know when someone's going to look for him and I'm seeing good signs from the team overall, and so I'm expecting that as he gets a few more minutes, and and hopefully he stays fit. That's the biggest thing that we want to see is a couple of these guys stay fit and really challenge each other so that, you know, when Brohap scores in the previous game, Nico Jackson is motivated to come on and show he can do something. But if Nico is not having a good game, Brohap can say, I can come off the bench and show you what I'm doing and just breeds that healthy competition that we want. And we can tend to rely on a couple of strikers here that can score goals we know I haven't talked about a couple more players coming back from injury in the next few weeks and the likes of Nkunku and Carney to add into that attacking threat as well. But from the middle, I navigate to the right. Rahul, this man has changed a lot of things at Chelsea Football Club. He's almost unlocking the attack in, in a case, and that's Cole Palmer. When he came in, I was a little skeptical. Uh, I think that I'm still a little skeptical because time will tell what he goes on to become. But he is looking like a real player and settling in very quickly, finding spaces in that hole and actually helping progress this attack from 
XG's to G's. <laughs> I like how you keep keep bringing that up because we have had a lot of XG's. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we've seen him coming into the squad, and I think it was the Brighton game, which was the 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 beginning of this mini run that we're on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's come in and he's he had an assist there. He came and had an assist against Fulham. I believe he had another two here as well as the penalty. So. Um, he's almost this player that we don't really notice until that final touch or that final moment. But he does do a lot of the hard work as well with the yeah. closing down and closing down, not just to close down, but also preventing passes like we saw in the Fulham game. Even in this Burnley game, you could see he would kind of give you the angle, but almost like be ready to put put, put his long leg out and, and stop it. Um, and hey, this is a signing that we all question. We're like, what are, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Why are we buying him for $45 million when we've sold some of our own youth products? Um, but you can see that he has the potential. He has the talent. He has the awareness and the ability, which maybe comes from training under Pep Guardiola, um, <laughs> to be in between the lines and, and pick a pass and not hang on to the ball for too long. It's couple of touches, know where your players are, get rid of it, make the run or, or assist in his case. Um, and it, he just keeps it ticking, which is something that we've maybe missed a little bit in the last few months or even <laughs> last year or so. So um, I'm impressed with him. He's doing a great job. I expect more from him. And it's now almost become like he has to play, which is leaving yeah. Madueke and uh, some of the other attacking players out. But when you're performing like that, you don't leave uh, the manager any choice but to play you. Cole Palmer is a perfect example, Rahul, of we were told at the beginning of the Pochettino project to trust the project. And I think the project is more than just Pochettino, right? It's the ownership. It's the directors really believing in this young buy now, invest heavily early on. And in the next three, four years, investment goes down because these players would develop into the finished product and be able to compete. And if not, at least they're going in a way where you can sell them on for transfers and then use that money to fund the next wave of, of generational talents. And I'm by no means saying Cole Palmer is a generational talent, but he is easing that blow of trusting the process of we went out and spent 45 million, we lost some of our youth players, and you start looking at it and going, would this, with a youth player that we picked up from the academy, come in and do what Cole Palmer is doing today? Maybe it's possible, but we are seeing that their their process is indeed working, at least for the short term. So it gives me a little bit of breathing room, and I'm not so worried about what they're doing. At least it comes back to what we said: winning helps us feel like this. And so I think it comes in with two phases: is to trust the process, we have to have patience, but we also have to have results. And so if Pochettino puts the results on the pitch, I think a lot of Chelsea fans along like you and I will slow down with the maybe criticisms and back off if we get a, a draw here or a loss there, as long as we see the improvements as we've talked out throughout this entire episode. But we want to talk about one more player. It's your favorite player. You always smile when I have to bring him up, but it's Raheem the Dream back in his favorite left position, Rahul, I think. And I'm not sure if that had an impact on Raheem Sterling, but he was absolutely excellent in this game. I texted you saying Raheem was fabulous, and I think you said he should be fabulous against relegation-threatened teams. I called you out on this podcast every now and then, but the truth is he should be fabulous against a relegation-threatened team. What did you make of his performance, and is it back to this age-old discussion of <laughs> Raheem is not consistent? You just need to tell him every team we play was just promoted, and I think <laughs> we'll be fine because his two best and maybe two out of the three best performances have come against Luton and Burnley. Yep. 
the third one being maybe you can throw West Ham in there for that first half at least. Um, and when Raheem plays like this and the other team allows him to play like this, yeah, he's unplayable. He's running at you. He's dribbling. He's making things happen. He's driving towards the box, winning a penalty, assisting the or providing the, the ball for the first goal. Um, and that's what you want. Like, that's what we've been saying since he's come in and maybe not right away, but the last maybe eight, nine months is don't go don't go ghosting or don't become a ghost yeah. in games where things get tough or, or uh, even earlier this season where he's picked the wrong pass instead of shooting, he's trying to play Jackson in or um, played Joel in. It's just, you're the guy, be the guy and, and, and carry the team in this game where yeah. we were looking for someone to, to do something. He gets us back into it before halftime. And it's a whole different feeling. You and I felt different at halftime. Imagine how the players felt when uh, they regroup with Pochettino. So, yeah, look, it's can he now do it again in the next game, which is a different team and a, and a higher quality opposition, and then the next few games, which will be a, a different opposition. Um, we wait to find out, but this is not a bad way to to sign off at least for this international break and have that good feeling and the and the vibes that we spoke about at the beginning, uh, not just with Raheem but just a squad as general. And I know with international break, Rahul, I'm not sure what the latest squads are, but I know in the previous international break, Raheem Sterling was left out, and that was not necessarily controversy because I think, in my opinion, he wasn't playing to the level that we know he can play. But perhaps this is a way to send a message and and tell the England national team that he is good enough to come back into the fold, and maybe he does want to get back into the fold. And it really does come down to your performances week in, week out to be able to get selected for a national team. Uh, it may not be necessary for all national teams, but England do have a wealth of talent. And if that's the case, he's definitely not going to make it. So I, for one, encourage this. I think it needs to keep happening. I want to see it that it happens on either side he plays or whenever he plays. I don't think Raheem needs to say, you know, I need to be on the left wing to perform because I think he does have the skill set to do it on the right. Left, he did it against Luton on the right. So just a little more consistency. And as we echo this, Rahul, it's not consistency is... He has to get goals and assists in every game. It's that final product, right? That whether to make the the pass correctly or take a shot. And if you don't score, it's just the right timing for things. And I think the one big thing we will touch on as we kind of break down the game next is confidence is key. If they keep doing stuff like this and building confidence, it will give all of these guys, Raheem Sterling in particular, a little more confidence to take on a play and run at players because that's what he really is good at. And you've seen that with Mudrik. You've seen that with... um, Broha and the others, as soon as this stuff builds up, they're just going to want to play football and feel a little more comfortable. So that kind of runs us through the starting 11. You may ask why I did not talk about our center backs. And I think that's going to start off with the first key moment in the game. And that's obviously the goal, Rahul. We started off well, but about 15 minutes into the game, Burnley get a chance on the break. And I'm looking at our center backs and Thiago Silva and Desasi, And it's almost like they don't want to put a leg in. They're a little lethargic towards maybe blocking him or pushing him. They allow him to run through. Desasi is almost not aggressive enough, which is strange to say because he's been pretty aggressive. And Odobert, I hope I said his name right, just kind of flicks his leg at it. And then I bring in the other player I didn't talk about, which is Rob Sanchez, who nonchalantly kind of makes a half dive and allowed the ball to go in. And I'm sitting there with a couple of other supporters, and I think, this is going to be a long day after watching the way we performed there. What are your thoughts on that whole gameplay and how our center backs and goalkeeper performed for that particular goal? 
I was like, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> like we won two. Here we go again. Now I know what's going to happen. I was going one down. Uh, but I think you summarized it well. It was just a, a breakdown all across. It's because it's a simple ball into the channel where Kowal gets dragged. Now, Tiago Silva has to cover. He doesn't have the legs to do that. So he gets kind of outrun. Isasi doesn't put a leg in, like you said. Kukurea is kind of caught in between. Do I do I close the shot? Do I close the, the man? He doesn't do either. And I think he honestly just blocks uh, Rob Sanchez's vision in the end. Um, so just a breakdown all across. And, and someone just there needs to be like, just bring him down. Just stop the initial run that's happening. You might have to take a yellow card, but the alternative is is this, which is conceding the goal. And um, we can laugh about it now because we won 4-1, but this could have been a defining moment where Chelsea don't come back and, and end up losing the game based on one mistake, but it's a mistake kind of across four or five different players. So uh, that's where po- Pochettino may, maybe needs to get his players to be a little bit smarter about, okay, if you're not going to win the ball, at least bring the man down, not, not be vicious or violent. Uh, but just be smart, a tactical foul, which Man City do all the time. Um, So I'm sure they'll watch the video, they'll learn from it, uh, but I do expect a little bit more out of Thiago Silva, maybe not with the legs or the the physicality, but maybe just with the leadership and saying, Disasi, just just put a tackle in there. You know what, we've still got a little little bit of cover. Um, But maybe you just need for them to work a little bit more together, build a little bit more chemistry. Um, And... It'll, it'll hopefully not happen again. No, and winning makes us forget, but this is why I wanted to highlight this, Rahul, is that it's not all, you know, roses and sunshine. There are some issues that we still need to highlight, and that's normal. The team is still building some chemistry together. They're still understanding each other together, which I hope that in time, whether it's Thiago Silva, De Sassi, or Colwell, they figure out when to use that kind of, I don't know if it's a it's a mental thing or a tactical thing. Maybe tactical foul is the right thing to use, but have that awareness of match time to say, I'm not going to get him. The next player is not going to get him. Why are we going to leave the third player to do it on his own? One of us can take this foul and drop him, and then we kind of regroup. But I think that's the only negative comment I can really think about in the entire game because from there we transition. We play well, lots of chances again, and I'm wondering, is it going to be one of those days just like you said? But it brings me to the key moment of the game, Rahul, and that's Raheem Sterling. And I always say, if you don't uh, buy a lot of ticket, how are you going to win, right? And Raheem does the business cutting in, cutting out, running in at defenders. In this case, he crosses the ball and it hits uh, Al-Dakil. Again, I hope I'm saying the names correctly, and goes in for an own goal. For me, this is an extremely pivotal moment in this match. And we've already highlighted reasons, but as a team, we struggled to come back from a loss. We conceded an early goal, which Chelsea of two months ago, heck, Chelsea of three weeks ago, may have said, this is over, we're not going to be able to score a goal or come back. So... Sometimes I think you need a little luck, and we've said this before, Rahul, you've got to let things click, and in this case, it clicks in the case of an own goal. And instead of going down 1-0 and having to listen to a halftime team talk, and you know maybe it's a little more aggressive, a little more upset, it goes in 1-1, and you can regroup and really come up with a strategy for the second half. A hundred percent, and it was right, was the 42nd minute when that own yep. goal goes in? And it wasn't that we... We're just horrible. But yes, it wasn't the best performance, and we were had conceded early, but we had chances throughout that that first half. And maybe we're not picking the right player, or things weren't falling for us. But they did, and and the positive even before that was 
for me, I, I was watching it and, and also keeping an eye on, you know, what the fan base was saying on Twitter. And yeah. I'm like, yes, it's not the best performance, which everyone was saying. But then it was almost like there's no patterns of play and there's nothing happening. What are we doing? And I was almost like, but I do still, we are going wide. Yeah. We are trying to do things uh, kind of repetitively. And that is a pattern for me, right? And maybe it's not working and, and we have to do something different. But that goal almost tells you what you've been doing, what you've been trying is the right move and is the right yeah. way to, to get back into this game and, and maybe even steal it. Um, so I was a little almost not as bothered because I was like, we're getting into the box, we're getting our chances and something has to fall. And I've said that so many times and, and I've been have been wrong, but in this case it fell. And that was certainly the the moment that Chelsea kind of gained the advantage back. And then what we said for the longest time is now let's kill this game, which we did yeah. uh, in the second half and, and did it really well. So I, overall, I think that there definitely was the moment and credit to Raheem Sterling for, for creating it. Yeah, and I think that's where you look at it and go, if he keeps doing that, that's also going to give incentive for some of our attacking players to go in and, and get the goal. And I think you said it perfectly that it is working. It's just a matter of that final product. In this case, the final product comes in the case of an own goal, but you want that to be a Broha on the end of it or a Jackson on the end of it. But at this point in the season, as you're building in chemistry and figuring it out, you'll take it and you'll say, yes, I'm going in 1-1 at halftime. How am I going to build on this and how am I going to come back and kind of go from there? But I think it was ideal at the right time we were able to do this take a break, reset. Pochettino gives them the halftime team talk. And I believe he takes off Bro at halftime yeah. and brings in Jackson and says, it's not to be rude or to be you know mean, but it's to be ruthless and say, Broha, you're missing, not missing chances, but you're missing in the game, not getting involved. Nothing against you. We've already touched on the fact that you've come back from a long injury. You played a lot of minutes in the last game. You did 45. You've run your course. Let's try something different in the form of Nicholas Jackson. And I think that alone, Rahul, gave us a different point to maybe spearhead this attack and kind of go from there. And you want to praise them and you want to praise others, but it comes back to Raheem Sterling doing the same thing again with quick movement, trickery, and very early on in that second half, I believe it was 15 minutes in, wins a penalty right on the edge of the box. And I think then we're all on our toes wondering what's going to happen next, but who steps up? Cole Palmer. And I'll pass it over to you, Rahul, but I wanted to get your feedback on maybe the movement of Raheem and just Cole Palmer stepping up to take a penalty. Yeah, look, Raheem gets the ball on the wing and, and Enzo makes kind of like an overlapping or gives him the option to well, just play it to me. And Raheem says, no, I, I, I feel confident about what's happening. I feel confident in my abilities. And he takes the player on yep. and Enzo kind of drags another player with him, which allows the space for Raheem to even continue running into. But Everything was just well-timed with his run, with the touch of the ball as he's going full speed, and just enough to get into the box where the defender has to commit and and get a penalty. And then I'm like, okay, who's taking this now? <laughs> because we've seen Enzo miss. Jackson might take it. Raheem might take it, but I don't know. And upsets Cole Palmer, who looked a little nervous, made me yeah. a little nervous. Um <laughs> But did a did a great job with the Chelsea fans right behind the goal and um, must have done him a world of good because that's his first Chelsea goal and and hopefully the start of a, a long fruitful run of goals and and of, of course assists. Were you surprised that Cole Palmer was the man to step up? Do you think it was a Pochettino thing in the back end or is it something that the players decided together? 
You know, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about what Cole Palmer has done <laughs> in the under 21 days, but um, he certainly looked confident with with the way he put it away. Uh, so maybe there's something that when he is on the pitch, he is the guy that takes it. And from what I've seen in this one instance, that's that's okay with me. Yeah, I think it's encouraging to see that someone of his age and maybe new to the club was either nominated or had the confidence to step up, whichever way we're going to go. And the fact that he does it, Rahul, and, and buries it, that was only going to help just not him. I think it's important for him, but not just him for the team to just say, this is a turning point now. We're coming back. When's the last time we've ever come back in the game? We've scored two, one in the, the ending of halftime and now one really quickly in the second half. Can we go off and kill this game? So a team like Burnley, who, again, we've already talked about them being a relegation candidate. Although they can play football, they can be dogged, Rahul. They can be scruffy and they can nick one back and we're back in this game, right? And so how do you progress from here? I'm looking at this game and I go, 2-1, let's sit back. I'll take it. I want to get another win on the on the, on the the road. But Raheem Sterling comes up with the goods again, Rahul, about 10 or 15 minutes later this time scoring a beautiful finish and for me making him the man of the match in this particular case at least from an assist at least in the way that he won the penalty and an assist from an own goal and then of course scoring by putting himself on the team sheet i think he didn't put a foot wrong in that game i think we've praised him the entire game but what do you make of his goal and the build up to it just before i get to it i also wanted to point out in the cold palmer penalty he was up against james trafford who's also in england under 21 so he certainly must have known about Cole Palmer taking it and where he <laughs> likes to go, but that didn't that didn't stop him and and he got it. So again, credit to him. But yes, the the third goal, and this is where I want to point out Caicedo, who who kind of gets a little aggressive and steps in yeah. and and wins a, a maybe a fifty fifty or a loose ball, which falls to Conor Gallagher, who I was as soon as he takes a touch, I'm like just pass it, just pass it, and he I think he takes a second one and then passes it. And again, credit to Raheem, who stayed on side, made that... Because I think Raheem was ready to go at yeah. the, as soon as uh, he sees Gallagher pick up the ball. But he he waited and anticipated that he might need another touch or two to, to get it. So he stays on line, and then the finish is just... I'm like, okay, now everything has gone well. <laughs> uh, just put it away, and he, he certainly does. And it was a guy who was feeling it, um, and... If Raheem's feeling it, you know that's a goal. And listen, it's classic Raheem Sterling right on the edge of the defender, waiting for that pass and puts it away beautifully. And I think this is where I talked about Conor Gallagher earlier chipping in with assistant goals. And I think that ball is inch perfect, Rahul, to just get on Raheem's toe so he just has to put it away and do the business. So I'm pleased with that. 3-1, and I'm sitting there going three goals, you know, 65 minutes in. Is Chelsea winning this game? Are we safe at this point? I always know two ones a deadly score. Three puts you away, but Burnley comes back and we're back right in this whole game. And you wonder, no, this should be enough to kill the game. But Chelsea are not done yet. They want to find another one. In this case, it's Nicholas Jackson. And Rahul, before I pass it over to you, one thing I observe about this goal is Nicholas Jackson has been grabbing at chances since the season started. He will quickly just hit it or he'll make a flick or in the one most ob obvious miss where he's with an empty net and he smashes it over the net and we're going, what is going on? Is the striker curse continuing? And it's not done yet, right? We have to still see more of Nicholas Jackson to make sure it's over. But for this particular goal, the ball comes to him. 
and I'm screaming, whack it, smash it, whack it. <laughs> but but Nicholas Jackson looks at it, takes a pause, almost rolls it back, finds the space, and then just slots it away. And you go, I mean, we're celebrating, we're screaming, we're excited because it's four goals and Nicholas Jackson scored another one. Our striker's up there. But then you you slow down for a minute and you go, wow, that was actually a very well-taken goal. They were thinking about what's going on. The confidence levels for him to just say, we're winning the game. There's no pressure on my shoulders. If I miss this, it doesn't matter. But let me make the best of this opportunity. I was super pleased with that one, and I hope he builds up from there. But I want to pass it back to you because that one made me super excited and killed the game for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely did because not only was it the fourth goal, like you said, to kill the game, but the technique, the ability to pull it to his other foot and then put it back where it kind of he pulled it back from. Yeah. Um, everything was just perfect about that move with Raheem driving down the the that wing and then maybe a little bit over hit to get it to Cole Palmer, but then Cole Palmer takes a touch and then the second touch is into the feet uh for for nicholas jackson and and i honestly thought he was just going to hit it first time yeah. but <laughs> it almost seemed like he knew as if he gets this ball from from palmer he is going to do something where it's not the first time he is going to yeah. fake it or, or pull it uh across the body and then cook you know kind of kick it back in and and that shows me that in the week or two that he's been out since that that last game uh that he missed He's maybe watched some footage, watched yep. himself and and done some work off the pitch and off the training field where he's just said, how do I compose myself in these moments where I'm not snatching, like you said, or I'm not kind of just hitting it first time and it's hitting the defender or just hitting the goalie. Uh, I'm almost making them work and in turn having them guess where it's going to go, but I know where it's going to go. And, and that's the mark of a, a smart striker and a good striker because – it's not always going to be the same thing, but you have to be ready for what's given and, and put your way. And then you have to trick the opposition and, and keep them guessing. So, um, yeah, I was very impressed with him. It almost looks like he took the Broya game from Fulham to his heart and he said, I have to get in amongst the goals. And that's what we always said. I think I might be going in a different direction with this is competition just kind of brings out the best of everyone and we're seeing that in the striker position where we've now gone two premier league games jackie where both strikers have scored <laughs> i can't remember the last time one striker would have scored um so no credit to to raheem credit to cole palmer but ultimately the most and biggest credit to to nicholas jackson for putting that away in the way he did uh, and i think he could have had maybe one more but we'll we'll, we'll keep the negatives away don't get ahead of yourself. I take 4-1 all day, every day with the Premier League. Rahul, I want to stay with you for a second for wrapping up thoughts, and then we'll pause for a break. Any wrapping up thoughts on the 4-1 win? Yeah, look, we, we've we not won two Premier League games in a row. It's it's something that we've said the last few weeks is we've got to build on this. We've got to build on this. And we're no in no way certainly saying we're, we're back or this is the Chelsea of the old because there are tougher games coming, but the last two weeks have showed me that the players care. Uh, yeah. They've started to kind of turn things around with taking their chances and being a more a little bit more resilient to break down and beat, even after going a goal down away from home against Burnley. So we're seeing the signs. I'm again saying that it's not going to be everything is perfect from here on yeah. out because it is a young team. They are learning on the job. There are going to be instances where we come up short, but in the last three weeks or so, I feel better about our season. Now, maybe in the next three weeks, I may not. But at this point, <laughs> I feel happy and content. Uh, and that's what is something that keeps me positive and, and looking forward to the future. 
Look, we've got three wins on the row. We have a new shirt sponsor, Infinite Athlete. Maybe we'll go for infinite wins for this season. No, I'm just getting over myself and, and kidding here. But something must be said that whatever is happening on the training ground, whatever is happening with team talks, with confidence, is going in the right direction. The next test is a huge test in, in the form of Arsenal. And so I'm glad that we've got four goals under the belt because regardless of if it's Burnley or not, just the volume of goals will give a boost of confidence to these guys that say, yeah, we are a team that can score goals. We are a team that can go out and do the business. So we have a lot to look forward to in the next few weeks. And hopefully this international break, Rahul, like you alluded to, some of these players can look at footage and, and maybe isolate some of the issues on how to get better as as we go towards that Arsenal game. But let's pause here. It's been a beautiful win. We'll come back and talk about some of the other games in the Premier League. The Premier Chelsea has partnered with Fubo TV. Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the US and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Networks broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at fubotv.com forward slash TPC. All right, Rahul, Premier League is moving fast and fun. Lots of different games going on. Anyone that stood out to you this weekend, the same time we were playing, Man United was playing Brentford. It was in the in the bar behind me. I turn around and Brentford's winning 1-0 and I go, oh, this is good for Chelsea. We could climb the table a little bit. And what happens in the 93rd and 97th minute of this game? Scott McTominay, Scottish is down, shows up. <laughs> um, or as our friend Nikesh calls him, McSauce. Um, turns up and scores twice, and and they do it in in traditional, um, traditional Fergie time. yes, Fergie time. That's what I was, <laughs> I was trying to get at. Um, but no, look, it's I was honestly looking forward to jumping above them because yep. we were winning, they were losing. We've kind of been thirteenth and fourteenth together. Now we're tenth and eleventh, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna get ahead, and there might be another team that we can kind of all laugh at. But they they pull it out and maybe just extend or or prolong the inevitable with with Ten Hag and and who am I to say what might happen with him? But it just seems like this things aren't right there. But in this case, they get it, uh, and hopefully we play Brentford in a couple of weeks and and we can not be in that stage because we we've, <laughs> we've cleared and 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 gotten into a position where we're winning already. It's definitely an interesting one with Man United, and I and I know that they are going through ups and downs, but it's always lovely to see not that a man united fan but it's always lovely to see when a homegrown talent comes by and helps dig your team out of a difficult situation we had praised mason mount for years helping chelsea with situations like this and obviously now we're looking or relying or hoping the likes of reese james and conor gallagher can do the same for us so please for manchester united not pleased for chelsea that they continue to climb the table was hoping for that but 2-1 exciting and makes it somebody on the training ground who converted Scott McTominay from a prime R9 to a defensive midfielder and wondering maybe this guy should have been striker for Man United and it would have taken care of a lot of issues. But let's move on and talk about West Ham, Newcastle, Rahul. West Ham, are they the surprise package of early on in the Premier League so far? They go 2-2 head-to-head with Newcastle. Wouldn't say surprise because you almost know what to expect from West Ham, uh, and they did beat us earlier this season. They beat <laughs> Brighton. They they've picked up a few decent results along the way, but then they've also lost games that you'd you'd look around and be like, they they were on a good run. They should have won that. Um, but 
they they fought hard against Newcastle and uh, coming up against a Newcastle team after what they did midweek to PSG uh, was going to be a tough ask. And and they they answered the questions and no one else but our boy from Ghana, Mohamed Kudus, uh, scoring the equalizer and and maybe should have even won it at at one point for them. So um, West Ham are going to be going to be a trouble for a few teams. Um, and hopefully some of the rivals in and around us so we can we can move ahead. But now credit to them and credit to Newcastle, Jackie. They had a slow start, not the best start, but they've come back and kind of right things and are looking like the team that's going to be pushing for top four and, and causing some problems to, to their rivals. Yeah, given Newcastle's, you know, midweek games and they continue to perform it's kind of surprising. I know that it's obviously West Ham, but the reason I call West Ham the surprise package, Rahul, is last season they really did struggle in the Premier League to the point where they were fighting with us for relegation and going down. But this season they've started really, really hot. And you say, like, what's different about the team? And sometimes it just takes a season to kind of get over what was going on last year. They went on a long European run. They've taken some of that Declan Rice money and invested it in a couple of good players. Kudus, in this case, who Chelsea were heavily linked with, and we know what he brings to the table. So... Uh, very exciting overall, and the Premier League is proving to be the product that we know it can be, which is if if you're on a good day and you do what you do, you can beat anybody. So exciting overall. Another draw on the other side, Rahul, which is Brighton and Liverpool, two heavyweights of the Premier League this time around. Thoughts on that one? I, I didn't watch this one, but from what I see, they, Brighton should have had a penalty. Again, it's just from what I see. <laughs> but I don't think Vieira was ever going to give that against Liverpool after what's happened. Um, but uh, two strong teams. And Brighton and Jackie just seem to be conceding goals. Yep. Two here, two there, six against Villa. Um, and I'm like, all right, like maybe there's some cracks there. Maybe they do miss Caicedo. Um, but they're still a good team and, and you would just expect them to figure things out as the season progresses, but they're also in Europe. So maybe that is going to be a lot more demanding. Um, but I, I expect them to be doing, to be doing well. And for Liverpool, Jackie, I have to give you a personal story. So I have, I have a coworker at work who supports Liverpool. And for the first four or five weeks, Oh, Chelsea, what's going on? Weren't you going to be challenging <laughs> for the title? So the last two weeks where they haven't won, I go around telling him all the big teams won this weekend, Chelsea <laughs> included, right? Um, and he's like, all right, all right. And he's from Ghana too, so we kind of have a little bit of banter. So I'm hoping this continues and Chelsea keeps winning because I can continue using my phrase because as soon as we lose and they win, I know it's yep. coming. <laughs> it's coming our way. But I, I have to give credit to Liverpool. They're not one I thought that would be maybe challenging for the top four let alone the title but they're they're working hard and i do expect them to be in and around the top two maybe even top three this season yeah if you look at the teams that are going to challenge manchester city you would you would think liverpool would be one that would be close to them i know we talked about man united at this point in the season it doesn't look like that's the case but liverpool are definitely keeping up the pressure but rahul for brighton they're coming off a very inconsistent couple of games. They lost to us, then they lost 6-1 to Aston Villa. A draw with Marseille, no shame in that one because you're in Europe, and then another draw here. So, you know, you said they're missing Caicedo. Maybe that's why they were pushing so hard to get Levi Colwell as well because they know they're looking for defensive reinforcements and it's definitely going to be a long season for them, especially with Europe in there. But like you said, good team and, and Liverpool, Mohamed Salah coming up and doing the business again, which is 
He's been one that could have left for 150 million, and I wonder where Liverpool would have been in this title challenge. But they hang on to him, and the Premier League is excited to have a talent like that. And we always regret that Chelsea let him slip through our fingers, or we allowed him to go, I guess, is what it comes down to. But that's the truth, and that's kind of how you leave it at that. But I want to wrap up this uh, episode, Rahul, in this segment with the biggest game of the weekend, and that's Arsenal versus Manchester City. We talked about teams that would challenge Manchester City for the league. We talked about Liverpool, Man United. At this point in time, Arsenal are one of the ones that let the league slip away last year. This game, they win 1-0. Is this a statement saying that they want to win the league this year? It definitely is a statement. And honestly, I didn't see this happening because Man City coming off a loss last weekend in the Premier League almost thought they would be hungrier. They'd be willing to, to kill this game even before it got to a point where Arsenal had their chance. But... I don't know, man. They they kind of shot themselves in the foot. They were definitely the better team in the first half. And I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, that goal's coming. Goal's coming. But can't, I can't really remember any opportunities for them that they should have really scored. Or, or yeah. maybe the David Raya one where he's hits it against Julian Alvarez and it, it hits the side netting. But that was all from Arsenal making some mistakes or errors. It wasn't really Man City doing anything exceptional, which is what you expect. Um and so if, I, if I'm if i a Man City fan, I'd be a little frustrated from that result. But on the other side of him, Arsenal, I'm, I'm over the moon because we've beaten Man City for the first time in a very long time. And it's, like you said, a statement of their intent to say, we, we are going to be here. We're going to be challenging. And come what may, uh, at the end of the season, we will be close to Man City or closer to Man City than we were last season. Um, and it almost reminded me of Chelsea of the past where we aren't the better team we aren't the better uh in the better form but we come up we work hard we write our chances we write our luck and pick up a random angola Conte goal from nowhere and beat them one nil um so arsenal have that kind of mentality at this point where they haven't been better uh than last season but they're picking up wins and, and are unbeaten and you know that's almost important in a title run you want to have those games where you're not feeling it not feeling is not right a word but you're not in the topmost gear yet your team's still kind of warming up getting used to everybody what they want to do but you still grind out the results whether it's through hard work and determination or in this case Rahul I'll call it a little bit of luck you know Martinelli is going to curve the ball in a different direction it hits the Manchester City defender on the head I think Nathan Aki in this case and and rebounds into goals so sometimes you need a little bit of luck on a title run and so it's definitely a statement but it's one of those where Manchester City need to look at themselves. Of course, it's early days. Of course, they're not falling behind in the title, but you can see they were a little lethargic, a little lackluster, and there's always questions, Rahul, around winning a couple leagues in a row, I think three in a row, having a treble. Are they going to be motivated? Are they going to be interested to do this one again? I don't know yet. This is what time will tell, and we'll see, but they were a little lackluster, and Arsenal, credit to them. They're moving forward, all all Pistons moving forward, and so they won a challenge for this title and, and potentially win it, but before we wrap up, Rahul, I'll look at the Premier League table and say the other team you, on the other side of the first. <laughs> <laughs> the other team on the other side of London is not going to let Arsenal go without a fight, at least for early days, and that's Tottenham. We didn't talk too much about them, Rahul, but they also are undefeated this season, eight games in, and have looked fantastic. And you know, you and I, and I'll speak for myself at least, when they hired the new manager and Ange Post, I cannot say his last name. I was wondering, we went out and picked a manager that's not necessarily high profile coming in from the Scottish League, which it's okay, but no disrespect, isn't the best league in the world. Losing Harry Kane, 
I for one did not expect to see Tottenham this high up in the in the league at least this early on but I'll, I'll pass it over to you in just a second Tottenham in first Arsenal in second both undefeated Manchester City in third Liverpool in fourth and Aston Villa in fifth Rahul we pegged them to not have a good season but here they are sitting in fifth I'll run through the bottom three it's uh, Sheffield Burnmouth and Burnley so not too many surprises there and us sitting in 11th so Rahul I'll pass it over to you to take us home we're also top of the table. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, no, just a quick word on on Tottenham. I think Conte did them a favor. He called out a lot of their players, and maybe some aren't there, and some are. And and Kane leaving, I think, brought them all together. And you're reaping the benefits of having a manager that's come in and kind of just ripped up everything from the past and brought in players like Basuma and Saar and um, done things the right way which is kind of playing the entertaining football and and they're doing well but come november 6th all of that is going to end and that's all i'm going to say <laughs> i'm here for it i am here for it my friend <laughs> we're, we're building up to that already no no i'm just kidding um but yes november 6th tottenham versus chelsea return of pochettino it's going to be blockbuster uh but we will We'll save that for the future. But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chelsea on all podcast providers, Instagram, and on Twitter. It's at Premier Chelsea. And we will be back with a special episode that we're talking about for our dear Aiden Hazard. Uh, but until then, stay safe and up the Chelsea. Hey, guys. The Premier Chelsea is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.